scandals of the sexual liaisons of Alexander Hamilton with Mariah Reynolds, of Jefferson with Sally Hemings, of George Washington, of John Adams, were written by a journalist whose body washed up face down in the James River ahead of a high-profile judicial proceeding involving Thomas Jefferson after fleeing Philadelphia. Historians from Grimm investigate the life, death, and scandal surrounding scandalmonger James T. Callender and sex duels, backstabbing, lies, triumphs, failures of the founding fathers of these United States. Listening to grim, explicit histories, grim topics, extreme, dark histories, folklore, and the paranormal for mature audiences. We keep it real, we keep it educational, thought provoking, like a motherfucker. I'm Joe Woji, and this is Grim. educational cult of what is cutting edge in scholarship and intrigue friends lovers my beautiful macabre motherfuckers welcome back to your grim home and to the warm embrace of what's twisted and good if you've been getting your grim on with us here subscribe rate review it pleases the seo gods at apple google or wherever you get your fine podcasts and it helps us when you do that and if you happen to ever find yourself in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affections every historian that you hear here Brittany, ted myself have been running dark history <laughs> tours in the city of philadelphia including today's content bringing you to exact locations throughout the city of philadelphia where smoking little Maria Reynolds knocked on Alexander Hamilton's door in 1791 and f fucked up his entire political career from that point forward, where founding fathers lived, drank, copulated, were jailed, where Jefferson, Franklin, Adams, Hamilton, Madison, Monroe lived, where Washington and Hamilton hung out. Secret sites of 1776, where they plotted insurrection, where the most famous sites are Independence Hall, Liberty Bell, every single historian that you hear on these podcasts have been rocking dark history tours with grim Philly tours with hard-hitting, unscripted, absolutely live content since 2010. Join us in the city of Philadelphia for real-world, dark, beautiful content at the most impactful, significant historical sites, location gems in these United States where revolution happened, where history was made with any and all of these rock star historians that you hear on our podcast absolutely live every day of the week. The best rated history tours in Philadelphia, the only rest in peace tours that Anthony Bourdain took in Philadelphia when he was here with us, GrimPhilly.com. If you want to look for tickets there and see what we've got, info at GrimPhilly.com if you want to reach out or just want to talk. 
today, the first of what will be many to come in American history and intrigue with us on Grim Podcast, a not really well-known controversy with impactful players that plays better than any screenplay that anybody could write. And the guy who uncovered them, every founder hated him. This motherfucker was thrown out of England. Hamilton defends him, talking scattle in Washington. He turns around, trashes Hamilton. Jefferson pays him to trash Adams and Washington. His own lawyer beats him upside the head with a stick. James T. Callender is from Scotland. 1792, he publishes The Political Progress of Britain, which critiques war, imperialism, and corruption in the British government. Which... Yeah, he's like, fuck the man, fuck <laughs> everybody. Yeah, it, it, King, that gets him Parliament, into a little bit of trouble. It gets him into a little bit Ireland, of trouble. Yeah. People are after him. He's like, I gotta get the hell he's, out of here. He's burning all his bridges. Yeah, because like <laughs> apparently like his style, because I mean, not only is he attacking the political corruption, but he's highly democratic, feels that the British Constitution is just a scheme by rich people against poor people. He's pro-Scottish nationalism, so he's not a fan of the British whatsoever. And he kind of just uses this pessimistic tone on human nature to critique the idea of progress. So yes, he burns all his bridges. He pisses off the British government. He's like, peace out. He's going to go over to Ireland. There's no free press in these no. days. Yeah, no, you're, he's you're like, he's gone. Found guilty as far as they're concerned for like... Sedition, wasn't it? Libel and sedition. No, yeah. yeah, exactly. So he's... He's, he's lagging of, up those sedition no, charges. <laughs> yeah, so he gets thrown... We'll get so more later. He Leaves Scotland, goes to Ireland. From Ireland, he goes to Philadelphia here in the United States. So he's here in the U.S. in 1793. He's already here in Philly. The next 10 years. I've talked about fuck the man back home. Let me talk about fuck the man here. Yeah. So he gets here in Philadelphia and basically he starts writing and he is a reporter, a congressional reporter that's writing on what's going on that. It's anonymously at first, though. So like his name's not. Because originally he's not attached. To do this. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's you know he's critiquing the pro-war sentiment, hates the British, so the Federalists are gonna naturally come under suspicion as far as he's concerned because he feels they're like pro-monarchy, he feels they're pro-British, and those are all like no nos for him. So he naturally ends up in the Jeffersonian Republican camp. Oh yeah, the yeah. government has a duty to the poor. The government should economically be strong with native industry, but free from Europe. But take care of the people. He's a man of the people. Yeah, he's actually pretty like liberal in like the idea that he's like democratic that like kind of this idea which goes much farther than what a lot of people at this time are actually arguing the idea that like you're supposed to take care of the poor like that's like pretty far out there at the he's time. He's Karl Marx a hundred years before Karl Marx. Yeah he's he's pretty democratic for the time period which again does not win him much favor with any of the with elites. any founding father whatsoever <laughs> except for, for temporarily. Except for, yeah. Right. So Until he's, he turns on them. Right. Yeah. So by 1793 he's in Philly and he dies in 18 so for those 10 years, 10 years, right? 10 years, <laughs> this man <laughs> is just like pissing everybody off. People he's, that were paying him. I mean, 10 years. Oh, you're not years. paying me anymore. I can totally write shit about you. <laughs> and he's involved in pretty much every political oh, you're scandal. you're the president. The it doesn't matter. Let me write shit on you. And he just, yeah, he is not afraid of turning on anybody. I mean, he's so originally he's pro-Jefferson, pro-Republican Party and anti-Federalist. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're going to begin calendar's career as we're kind of hinting at though obviously this does not stay like that (laughs) yeah so he begins this he begins as a pro jefferson 1794 he's a regular freelance commenter commentator here in philadelphia he's writing for benjamin franklin box aurora newspaper he's commenting he's writing he's getting involved 
in the politics of the early United States. Because in the 1790s, American politics are extremely partisan and they are also yeah there's a lot of mudslinging going across both sides and and everything newspapers which i found kind of interesting you don't have a political party if you don't have your own personal newspaper to not that it's like blogs and tweets yeah today you have your federal (laughs) papers you have your not that they would have wanted to be called political parties but just to be clear tweet they would have tweeted oh Oh, man it would have been bad this is tweeting of the 1700s (laughs) i mean my god (laughs) at some point But he writes the history of the United States for a a very specific year, 1796. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's his big pamphlet that gets published in the spring and the summer in a couple installments of 1797. And yes, it's according to the title, just everybody. It's just the history of the United States for 1796. It's a very specific history about specific shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course, it's in this paper that he's attacking Alexander Hamilton and as I'm sure most listeners are at least somewhat aware by this point from all the success of Hamilton in the past couple of years. You probably know where this is going, but <laughs> <laughs> to put it nicely. But yeah, so it's in 1797. It's in like his it's one of the installments. It, happened, the it is. Oh, it's several years after it has Five actually happened. More. Yeah. Yeah. But he gets the papers, and that's the important part. Oh, my God. So it's right? not just that he's so slinging out the stuff. so wrapped up into this with fucking duels and blackmail and yeah. so mudslinging he... and stabbing motherfuckers in the back. There's so much political intrigue involved with our founding fathers. Yeah, so with basically this. with the Reynolds affair, it's important to note that Calendar is going to actually publish these papers. But the actual affair had happened several years earlier and had already kind of been investigated by some of the Republicans with Hamilton quietly behind yeah. the scenes there because their main concern at that point was that Hamilton was making he was profiting basically. he was profiting yeah. he was basically being making money or using the government's money inside trading exactly but like of course Hamilton's like no no here are my papers here are my receipts yeah. yo I was just actually having an affair seeing when Madison goes to see Hamilton and he proves that he wasn't using government's money it was his own money that he was using exactly so like <clears throat> basically these papers he gives them to James Monroe the whole thing it happens in 1791 so just Think of yourself as Alexander Hamilton. You're hanging out at home. You got your wife. You're like, oh, baby, go up to Albany. See your dad bring the kids. You know, she's <laughs> pregnant, as a matter of fact, too. He's like 34, 36. Yeah. And this like hot Maria Reynolds. Well, we call her Mariah now because the way they pronounce it with Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> but, so she knocks on the door and she's like, hey, Hammy, can I go fuck up your entire political career from this point forward? And he's like, yes, please do that. You know? Well, I mean, you she, she knocks, been, but he says yes. So she I mean. must have been something because I'll tell you the letters. Well, he publishes them. That's how we have a lot yeah. of right. them, right? Yeah. But I mean, did you have you guys read the letters? Like the, just the spelling. It's like a fucking. She's s- horrible. Yeah, she's it's a, a horrible seventh speller. grader that writes this. Well, she's Hamilton, not an elite individual, yeah, she's not, so yeah. she's not being educated to like he's write. One the, he's one of the smartest, meticulous guys that there is alive and this hot little thing that like has the mentality of a fucking seventh grader she must have been something i'll tell you yeah when she first comes to see him though his wife is actually home and he tells her well i have to go see you you know we can't do this here let me got the summer of love at at night he goes to see her and that's when at night up the back door to the boarding house he just tells his wife i gotta go somewhere she's (laughs) like we're both from new york can i get some money because like my husband beats me james sucks he left he's gone Uh, he go back to new york i need to get back home you're from the same place as me we got that in common (laughs) can you give me a couple bucks come over my house and he's like, yeah, sure. I'll go up the back entrance at night. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love the description in 
the book how she took him upstairs to the bedroom and <laughs> made it seem like she seduced him. I'm like, I don't think there was really a stretch there where he had to be seduced at that point. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's a little, there. it's a little apologetic to Hamilton as if he was like not I a fully grown adult and like, yeah, it's like, well, buddy, you're sure you're a full grown adult. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you knew where this was My going. Riches came you purposely down. went there at night because yeah, you, of that. You so. planned to go yeah. there at nighttime. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure, that, as the song says, he doesn't say no. no. So, like, you know. Do you think she was singing, like, in the musical? You think she no, came I don't s- think so. Sang think, at the door? No, I don't think there was singing involved. Do you think in, in Hamilton's life, like, just everybody sang and shit? Aaron Burr sang when he walked in a room? No. No. Burr definitely did not Burr sing. sing. Burr, Burr did not like sing. Burr barely talked, so, like, he definitely didn't sing. All right, you're letting, you're letting the musical go I a little bit. I am totally letting the musical get away. It's a great away. musical. The son of a whore and a Scotsman <laughs> drunk. All that. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> we created him. And his mom was not a whore. Yep. Yeah, we did. Clear, she just had God a kid it, with Ted. somebody she wasn't married to. Yeah. Yeah, it was a common law. People just called them whores. But back it's funny then. you mentioned his mom because the wording was different. There are those theories that Hamilton had a soft spot in his heart for distressed women. Right. Know, so maybe that Wanted was. Wanted to play the knight in shining yeah. armor. And, yeah. Not saying he was innocent. I don't think he thing, had but... any armor on yeah. or clothes or anything. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Probably not. For like a year. <laughs> yeah. The affair going for about eight. Year, about a year, or, or, yeah. Or, yeah, like like 11 months or something like that, I believe. And it's funny yeah. because he was even he was even presented, like in it was December 1791, he was presented with evidence from her husband saying, I know about this. I'm going to go and tell people. He got him to say no, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to cut off the affair. He didn't have anything to do with her for like almost a month. And then the husband wrote back to him, she really wants to see you, and you should really go see her. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I'd be like, yeah. I'm out. Like, why like, would I? Even... It's like, yeah, what yeah, are you doing? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean this whole episode is it has duels and things like that it's not like yo yo duel me not that hamilton would have dueled this guy because you duel when you are genteel you don't duel a fucking dirtbag like james reynolds he's a criminal but he didn't come up like yo yeah, you're no, having relations hamilton with tries my to wife james monroe yeah, he didn't care about the didn't necessarily care about the relationship he, he just wanted a grant money yeah you want you want the money off of it the musical is it's historical fiction though. yeah it's not a grand altogether the reynolds gets it's a grand up front that reynolds gets and then he's like no i'm a blackmailer you know you can trust me i'm only gonna come at you for a grand i'm yeah. not gonna i'll just go away i'm a blackmailer we always keep our word yeah so he shows up a bunch more <laughs> just all periodically yo hammy you're my man you're mr money you're mr treasury secretary let me get like 300 bucks let me get 40 bucks 300 bucks 200 bucks buck 40 this time just like a whole bunch of other amounts of money he's like an atm <laughs> he's a fucking atm until he gets locked up for financial wrongdoings yeah. and he's like yo hammy you're my man you gotta bail me out of jail and he's like i ain't bailing you out of shit this has got to end this yeah. ends you're in jail no and he's like i'm gonna tell jefferson he's like tell that motherfucker yeah. you can tell him anyway <laughs> just a matter of time <laughs> i don't know why you didn't see that a year before but yeah and he beat himself up for being duped for so long well, he like, beat it, himself up forever after yeah. that like he allowed himself he to be black like, for like that fuck, long man. he was like god yeah so it's definitely it's you know something that happens and hamilton obviously does not handle correctly and probably <laughs> oh. anyway and as you probably already know listeners he's not going to handle a lot of other things no. correctly either in regards to this so it doesn't get he much better finances very oh, well oh man his policy like he's yeah. got vision he knows what's up but uh yeah no he doesn't not handle you're the Reynolds very affair. pretty and young and you bat your eyes a few times though mm. and you've got him yeah <laughs> he does not do super well with the Reynolds affair <laughs> no at all basically a bunch of republicans mm. approach him quietly as genteel gentlemen do and they accuse him of all this like financial and corrupt behavior three and of them come over yeah, yeah so very kind of them actually to have done that, not just ousted them. James Monroe is one of them, future, yep. future president, and a senator from Virginia. And they're like, yo, man, 
What's going on? We got all this information here from this guy, James Reynolds, that you have been skimming from the Treasury. Yeah. Mr. Treasury it's not Secretary. They're not, they're not even worried about the affair. They're worried about the money. Well, at this point, they yeah, are. they think yeah. it is the money and everything. Yeah. And this is when Hamilton to the three men are like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, it, it's, it, I'm not you know, making any money. Basically. I'm just having an affair. Yeah. Like, and then I was being blackmailed, so I'm paying yeah. it off. But it's my money. Yeah. Like, it's not. He used to keep records, I mean. Yeah, he's like all the blackmail letters. Like, if you've ever seen in those old movies where like, organized, people like, no, put no, a little bow around like all February. the letters. This is He's March. got all the blackmail letters and yeah. love letters and shit from her too. Yeah, like, he like kept it all. He's like, here you go. As you yeah. can see, you know, I and didn't do... And he gave do... him a copy or the, like the original, I guess. So yeah, he gave these letters. And there's no copy and there's paste no copy, or faxing no. or, you know. No. He, they so have he... to copy it by hand and yeah, shit. Yeah, that's what you know? I mean. So and he... the clerk copied extra for himself. Well, no, 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 no. So like this is... So like he entrusts the papers to Monroe and the two other gentlemen who came with him, Muhlenberg and Venable. So Monroe has the papers. It's believed the trail basically what happens is that James Monroe ends up giving the papers to John Beckley who was the outed clerk for the House of Representatives and John Beckley is not a name that's very well known to people no. but he was like a huge I mean he's, he's basically one of like the inside guys for like the Jeffersonian Republican Party like he's a clerk he's not well known but he's the guy who's basically getting a lot of information brokering it to them letting them know like I mean he's kind of one of the quiet inside guys who's not but he's, he keeps it for a few oh, years so yeah he holds on to it yeah. but then it's Beckley who's believed to have given it to, to Cal- James Calendar there's only blame Jefferson well he yeah. thought Jefferson was, was thought, financing and backing this yeah. like because these are all Jeffersonian Hamilton, supporters and friends so Hamilton I mean thought it was Monroe that outed yes he Hamilton and, and Eliza Monroe just yeah said the whole Hamilton family yeah. is like Monroe yeah. you you, you gave the, the papers yeah. and it's not yeah, like they're Entirely wrong because, like, he indirectly he did, yeah, he didn't like publish them themselves, but he had a middleman. But yeah, yeah, so like the Hamilton family blames James Monroe directly forever, as far as they're concerned. James Monroe is the blame back and forth for for the whole Reynolds affair. (laughs) Satisfaction meeting at dawn, and yo, we're going to Weehawken, motherfucker. (laughs) But Eliza even hates him like right before she dies. She, yeah, she like she continues to hate him. Like, Monroe tries to visit her as like president, and Eliza's like, no, get out of my house. <laughs> she doesn't forgive. <laughs> She's like, no. She'll forgive the adultery, but she won't give the people who let it out there. Yeah, so but there was, James they Monroe. Came so close. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton He's like, nah. and James Monroe came so close to dueling. It's Aaron Burr who actually dissolved yeah, it. Yeah. Aaron Burr's like, yo, chill out. Wait till later. Like, Monroe <laughs> brings down. Aaron Burr over as like an intermediary like because he's like, well, this guy knows us both. Burr was like, you guys are both being childish about this. It's going to fuck your political careers up. You guys don't want to duel? Yeah, you so know? calm down. Doesn't listen take a deep breath which is <laughs> just the irony advice. there's so yeah. many ironies yeah. to all these different like scandals because you just look at the people and you're just like so but they were back and forth with these letters it's illegal i mean all right so it's it's illegal to duel but they don't prosecute really but you can't admit to killing somebody like in a letter like if i said to ted i challenge you to a duel and then ted winds up dead or i wind up dead and you've said i've accepted the duel or something yeah. like that and it's in writing then we can be prosecuted for murder so there's a, this like fine dance that we do around this thing with honor too but also with not incriminating ourselves via letters but you know we want to meet at dawn. Mm. I need satisfaction. We will meet on the field as men do for honor. Right. There's all these the, the, euphemisms, there's the euphemisms yeah. they and, use. And if you try to get out of it, you can't really apologize, but you got to kind of apologize yeah. without actually apologizing. You've got to apologize almost <laughs> just enough that you save, can both walk away to save face. Yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, well. And there's all these letters back and forth with them. Like, 
they came very close. They did that little right. dance. But the Hamilton-Monroe duel did not, not happen, happen, just to be clear. It did yeah. not happen. It was almost, but no. So to come back to Calendar, though, so he publishes all these papers that Hamilton had given to Monroe, who gave to Beckley, who gave to Calendar. Mm-hmm. So Calendar publishes in the pamphlet, A History of the United States for the year 1796. So he's doing this in 1797. That's when this pamphlet comes out. And of course, Hamilton reads it, finds out. Jefferson, like, I mean, everybody in reads it. In Philadelphia, these. for yeah. our Philadelphia listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, everybody. And you can take a grim Philly tour of all of these locations <laughs> yeah. of Hamilton's house. I'll show you where the Aurora was. <laughs> you will. <laughs> right? So, I mean, all this comes out. Everybody is reading this. I mean, it's a huge scandal. And, of course, Hamilton just kind of doubles down on the scandal aspect because he retaliates by writing. He confesses. Yeah, everything. the Reynolds pamphlet in which he basically writes a whole thing. And he's like, he admits to yeah. the adultery. And he publishes but, the letters. And but he goes into detail. Like, like expre- 72, 73 pages of house at night or if she came over to my house i went over to her place at night this is what we did basically goes in the think of being eliza his wife like like that is fucking humiliating yeah so this reynolds pamphlet is a 95 page booklet 37 pages of personal confessions supplemented by 58 pages of letters and hamilton did write legal documents yeah oh my god he talked and talked and talked and wrote and wrote and wrote that whole part of the play is correct he did write he did forever the full title of course is observations on certain documents contained in number five and six, six of the history of the United States for the year 1796, in which the charge of speculation against Alexander Hamilton, late secretary of the Treasury, is fully refuted, written by himself. So, I mean, he in goes Philadelphia. all in, <laughs> discounts the whole idea that he was making money and doing insider trading and was like corrupt with his business practices as secretary of the church because he's like, no, I didn't do any of that. Like, mm-hmm. that's all bullshit. And everybody reads like, this shit and they're like, OK, yeah. you, you did not do any financial wrongdoing, but a little God, bit TMI. But. You, cheated, you cheated on your way. And his friends were like, don't publish this shit. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. This all is, of his yeah. friends are like, no, no. Yeah. They're all like, do not. Do he this. was. If you look at Alexander Hamilton's character, though, he was obsessed with honor. It was the cornerstone of what made him who he was, of his success, but also you could push his buttons and he was a little anal about it, not as polished as like people that grew up in genteel society. He was a guy that grew up, he was an orphan, had to work hard for everything he got. He didn't have that finesse that a lot of the politicians had. He didn't know when to be quiet. He just talked and he was really obsessed with his own personal reputation and the fact that he had been treasury secretary and man, I worked hard to make this country be a success. All that we fought in this revolution for, you know, I am not going to skim and he didn't, he didn't skim. He was a guy of integrity as far as that goes, but he was so fucking anal about it that he's got to write all of this shit and make it public. And everybody was like, yeah, well, we believe you, dude. Yeah. Right. So he, he publishes, publish right, this Reynolds affair. It gets him. Fuck, you yeah. fucked your career, though, at this well, point, so I mean, by publishing that, though. The Republican press, like, once they read the Reynolds pamphlet, is just like, this Jefferson's is a field Jefferson's probably day. dancing. Well, there's actually, so like, Calendar, right? So James Calendar, the guy who obviously started this whole thing. So he actually rejoices at Hamilton's like, stuff and everything. And he reportedly tells Jefferson, like, if you have not seen it, no anticipation can equal the infamy of of this piece, it is worth all that 50 of the best pens in America could have said against him. Calendar like goes on to like mock him and say that the whole proof in this pamphlet rests upon an illusion.
equation. I am a rake, and for that reason, I cannot be a swindler. You know, so like it's the idea that you know, other, <laughs> I am a rake. rake yeah. oh, fuck. And I'm not a swindler. And like you know, like even the I might Aurora, cheat on my wife, but I don't cheat on taxes or anything. I don't so, skim money or anything. And like I that. funny that you just that he, said that because yeah. the a lot Aurora of liked him. He was he was a good looking guy. A lot of women liked him, and he was he was the youngest of the founding fathers. Yeah. And like at his funeral, like a lot of women were crying and everything. But I don't know that he really used that to cheat on his wife any more than this. Yeah, I mean, we at least there's no at least documentation that I'm aware of that he there were any other affairs. It just seems no, to be the Mariah just Reynolds, the one where, Mar- where Reynolds. she knocked the fuck on his door and seduced him and fucked everything up for him. I mean, that's, went, that's the very Hamiltonian yeah. point of view of, of that. <laughs> I mean, you know, grabbed him by the dick and fucked up his yeah, career. She just raped him. <laughs> Jesus, what? <laughs> Yo, he well, was a fully took, consenting adult who did that. Yeah, Hamilton. What? But <laughs> it, no. Well, I mean, the Aurora. I mean, I love their quote about in reference to the whole Reynolds <laughs> pamphlet because they <laughs> they also attack Hamilton and they publish something where it's I have been grossly charged with all that stuff being a speculator, whereas I am only an adulterer. I have not broken the eighth commandment. It is only the seventh which I have violated. Did you see politicians like, doing that shit today? Like, come on. <laughs> Well, I mean, and when Mariah Reynolds, I keep saying Mariah because of Lynn Manuel Miranda, but Maria Reynolds, when she gets divorced, who defends her at her divorce Ham- case? Hamilton. No, not <laughs> Hamilton, but his nemesis, Burr. Burr, yeah. Fucking defends him. Her defends her. Yeah. They're all, I mean, <laughs> they're all like interlocked in all these scandals. They defend any, be, all those lawyers, Hamilton they defend anybody. Though. Well, Hamilton's, been, uh, Hamilton's son. Yeah, um, Hamilton's Alex dead Jun- at that point. Yeah. Uh, Alex Jr., Defends when Burr gets oh, divorced. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Defends his wife. Yeah, and he, he's and he, dead by that time. And he gets right. divorced and dies on the same day. It's a fucking shitty day for him. <laughs> Not around long enough to enjoy that divorce. Right. Well, I think, oh, it was his like second wife, and she was an heiress, and he spent all her fucking money, and it lasted like three months, and she was like, "Dude, I am done with you." <laughs> no, it's interesting though when you bring that up that. In society at that time, adultery, eh, okay. But stealing, no, 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 no. That's right. Big... And I mean, well, that's adultery why wasn't was illegal. Like, no, I mean, no, that's dead. Not... And it wasn't a breach of the public trust because you didn't actually promise the public not to cheat on your wife. You pr- but it still looked bad. Even, yeah. It doesn't it's look just... good, but you didn't promise the public that. You promised them to take care of the duties of your office. But personally speaking, that's it doesn't seem like you lost a lot if you're an adulterer. That's one thing, but mm. don't cheat. Like, don't cheat people of money. You can cheat on your wife all you want, but not yeah. cheat, you know, cheat people of money. And that just to me is an insight into 18th century society, especially in America. At the Things time. are historically specific, too. I mean, when you go back in different times and places, the expectations and the way things are they're different yeah from time and place <laughs> so that's calendar's whole interplay with hamilton and the reynolds affair that happens during well, this time so he I mean, also publishes sketches of the history of america for 1798 and that was a follow-up to the history <laughs> of the united states for 1796 in which he goes a little further and that's when he says not only was he with maria reynolds but he was also in cahoots with james reynolds and all three of them had this like kind of three-way thing yeah so that one's not as well known hamilton's done or not done but yeah he's not done that's kind of a misconception yeah i mean his political career is not over yeah it's not i mean well that's because him himself might be because washington is still around well i mean even washington was his great defender
defender. I mean, he is absolutely. I mean, Washington and him had a, a very you know strong relationship, but it, it's really not the end of his political career per se. I mean, obviously he suffers quite a bit of a setback at this time, but I mean, even during the Adams administration, he becomes what is it, the general? general like, the, yeah. I mean, he the does reason still for have that, the reason for that though is that Hamilton wrote to George Washington to yeah. ask Adams to make him a general, and then Adams was like paraphrasing, but this motherfucker is jamming Hamilton down my throat. But because of the respect everybody had for George Washington, yeah. he appoints him general when he would not have because Washington asked. Right. And then he tells him to span the army. <laughs> well, that's because Adams and Hamilton also have an awful relationship, which could be its own episode going into. Well, he but... sidelined. Basically, you know, he acted sort of as like a prime minister would have to George Washington's presidency and sidelined the much older, more dignified Adams as yeah. the vice president. Adams had no say. And Adams this, wasn't even in cabinet this, meetings or anything. Yeah. This young yeah. kid has, Hamilton, has a lot of pull and is basically running the government for Washington so Washington doesn't have to get his hands dirty. But he's the policymaker and it's sidelined Adams and he couldn't get over that shit. Yeah, they don't get along, Adams and Hamilton. No. There's a lot of invectives. <laughs> Between the, the two, yeah. <laughs> to put it and nicely. calendar, he doesn't discriminate against who he right. So I was gonna discriminates say, so, against. <laughs> all right, so he publishes that second follow up, but it doesn't get as much attention as the history of the United States for the year 1796. So by 1798, he gets exposed for his anonymous writings earlier by a rival, William Cobbett. So he flees Philadelphia. It's also this is the year that supposedly his wife died of yellow fever. He's seeking poor relief because he doesn't have a lot of money throughout his life. Like well, he, Jefferson's, he, you know, when the scandal with right. that comes yeah. out, so, they're like. Oh, your wife died of VD. Well, well, that's jumping forward. <laughs> but that's so, talking, I mean, that's that's jumping. talking shit, yeah. though, too. Yeah, so like, dies of yellow fever. So he flees Philadelphia and he heads down to Virginia because he's, some people are charging him with libel and stuff like that. So he gets out of Philly. He flees down to Virginia. And this is when he kind of more directly links up with the Jeffersonian press. I mean, he'd already been in their camp, more or less. But I mean, now he's actually going to be like paid by but Jefferson. But Jefferson's like, dude, you're a great blogger. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yeah, Jefferson's now going to actually like direct pay this guy so like he's now actually on Didn't Jefferson's he payroll read some of the stuff I, I read yeah, somewhere I, I've read that a couple times that Jefferson was like here let me see your edit and like yeah, all right like, I'm so, a like, good I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. so Jefferson so now he's like a direct you know yeah. with Jefferson and, and this is all leading up to by the way 1800 in which he, the prospect before us yes, is what he that's the next big one all right yeah. so like he's got like a couple and this is the second big one that gets published in 1800 and obviously Thomas Jefferson who edited some of it was paying him to do this was a big supporter because it's in this pamphlet series that he viciously attacks the Adams administration and John Adams directly with some pretty big <laughs> slurs at the time like he just goes all in on this. <laughs> I mean, did you guys see any of the what? stuff that he's writing? No. What did he write yeah. about Adams? I just saw that he talked shit about George Washington, that he talked shit about <sighs> John Goes Adams. Goes on the Federalist Party. Thomas like... Jefferson paid him on the down low, which nobody knew back then, to do it. And it's his own administration, basically, because Jefferson is the Secretary of State under Washington, and then he is the Vice President. Under, under Adams. Adams, and he's paying this guy to talk smack on, on his own administration because yeah. he doesn't like their policies. Which is a whole other subject. Why are you going to have somebody from one party be on the ticket with some, somebody from another party, which we'll get to later. <laughs> Jefferson clears yeah, so that I mean, up with a constitutional amendment well, so he can yeah. pick a running mate. Yeah. 
get yeah, Aaron but like, Burr out of there. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. We're jumping ahead of ourselves. Yeah, that's what I said. Jumping ahead episode. of ourselves. Jumping ahead of but ourselves. But yeah, so in uh, in this pamphlet and everything, the prospect before us, so Calendar goes all in on Adams, calls him a repulsive pendant, a gross hypocrite, <laughs> and in his private life, one of the most egregious fools upon the continent. He says that like a strange compound of ignorance and ferocity of deceit and weakness, a hideous... <laughs> no, no, hermaphrodite. no. Hermaphroditical. Claim that he was a male, female. Yeah. Hermaphrodite, basically. He said that John Adams yeah. was a fucking hermaphrodite. hermaphrodite yeah. yeah, character um, which has neither the force and firmness of a man nor the gentleness and sensibility of a woman. The and he rain, loves his wife too much. Yeah. Yeah, the reign of Mr. Every day. Adams. Remember, people, this is 1800. <laughs> you right? can't be a hermaphrodite. It, it's not okay in 1800. No. Yeah, has here, though, been one continued tempest of malignant passions. And he goes just on and on about all of these things that Adams is. There's no niceness about any of this. He's just like, you're a half night. You're, Adams you know. only, when he was talking shit about Hamilton, just called him a foreigner. <laughs> yeah, Calendar is not like, I mean, it's not like, There's he's just no like. Restraint. No. Yeah, he's whatsoever. just going to spew everything yeah. at him. And so, of course, you know, it's credited with partially working against Adams in his reelection and at least is credited. Um, Adams was like, this motherfucker. Oh, Adams was losing his will mind. Will be yeah. tracked and jailed. <laughs> Yeah, so it's Fuck in this guy. So in June 1800, he is charged under the uh, Sedition it's Act, yeah. and he is fined two hundred dollars and served almost a year in jail. So he is in, like put in jail. You're not allowed Adams to talk like, bad about the government no. back no. then. <laughs> yeah. Adams sees to that, yeah, and jails that motherfucker that, yeah. for doing it. Part of the Alien and Sedition Acts. Yeah, so he gets thrown in jail. He's in there for a year. He only uh, he gets released on the last day <laughs> of the Adams administration in 1801. So it's nine months that he's in jail and of course once he gets released Thomas Jefferson gives him a pardon he's like you're cool we're just gonna pardon you <laughs> I'm um, not gonna pay that fine for yeah, you no, I wanted to give him like 50 bucks something like not $200 no, yeah. <laughs> and dude was like yo I just went to jail for you yeah. let's get a job please yeah. can I yeah, be he the wanted postmaster, to be postmaster general postmaster of Richmond Virginia because he wanted to get the fuck out of Philadelphia yeah. at this point well he's, <laughs> he was he's already, already in out, Virginia but... yeah but he wanted to be the postmaster general of Richmond Virginia but Richmond was a strong federalist Stronghold. So Jefferson did not want to throw Calendar, who basically <laughs> would be kicking, yeah. yeah, would kicking all the hornets' nests <laughs> yeah. and everything. As I read in the in the one article, like he was like, no, 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 we're not putting you in that area. Like that's just. But, but can I get a different gonna, job? Yeah. Can I get another Oil job? And fire I can't and this just, one. No, and so, anything. I'll take anything. So, so somebody else offers him a job at the Richmond Recorder, and he gladly accepts it. Yeah, because he had been writing at the Republican Richmond Examiner when he actually published the prospects before us. So that's attacking the Federalists. So I mean. He does that. But uh, it's the opposite. Campy takes a yeah. job. For right. So after, yeah, well, after <laughs> Jefferson, Jefferson utterly just gave fails. A fucking yeah, job. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, after Jefferson fails to give him what he wants, what he thinks is just like a justified reward Fair. for his so work. So now he turns yeah. on. So, yeah, he's basically, well, screw you, Jefferson. Like, I'll switch over. And, yeah, he switches over to the Federalist Party and starts. I mean, dude gets pardoned by the president and then attacks the president. The president. Really, you got to think about this. Okay. Jefferson should have been cooler to him. But do you attack? Attack the president. This dude attacked the, the king. I don't yeah. think he really cares. Like, yeah, what's the president? Like, he's a I mean, he's sociopath. Like, we were talking he's about not a sociopath. <laughs> we were, We've talked about sociopaths. Cannon. All right, he's not actually a sociopath. He has but no allegiance. He's the press. He's 
going to yeah. go after. He's the first I mean, tabloid awesome. journalist that there is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the United States. Yeah, he pretty does much. not That's give a sociopath. flying fuck <laughs> yeah. who he attacks. No. Pay me money, and I will do. And the thing was too, if you look at what he's getting paid, it's nominal. Yeah, it's like freelance stuff, basically. Yeah, because he's poor. He's pretty not much a for the out, yeah. yeah, the for no, all I mean, you know, life-threatening shit. He dies like broken. Yeah, yeah, he dies broken. Yeah, he he doesn't have. Well, he does a shot of whiskey and fucking hits his head and drowns. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> in three one. foot of water. Look at that. He's one of the he, mysteries in American history. Who, he's going against Jefferson. He winds up dead. Hmm. Who's done it? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. So like he. We're getting ahead of well, ourselves. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah. So when he's at the Richmond's Federalist paper, the Recorder, that's where he, since uh, Jefferson's not giving him what he wants, and Jefferson's like, you know, tossing him aside, or at least that's how Calendar feels about this. This is Calendar's point of view. Calendar pretty much point blanks takes all the Jefferson notes. All Jefferson's letters that he had wrote in the calendar and published them in the paper. Just like, so, so Thomas Jefferson subsidized the campaign against Adams and he paid me to do it. And here's the receipts. And he was here you go. Yeah, he just plops it out. It's like, there I you find go. It, all right, now, when I think about this in modern terms, <laughs> right? I mean, when you give a letter, I mean, I could write a letter and say, yo, this guy said this in a letter to me, right? But if you had the letter with his signature on it, I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you actually. I was a good forger. I don't <laughs> right? know. I mean, but I'm Jefferson, sure there's a post. But Jefferson stand- doesn't deny Maybe. it. Well, Jefferson says that his charity has been misconstrued. So, like, uh-huh. he does. Jefferson is just like, no, no, no. Like, this is not how this went down. Like, you can't believe calendar. But, oh, like, right. it totally is. Like, we now, like, I mean, it is what happened. Yeah. But, like, he's like, no, no, no. This is not what happened. I, I gave the him some money. I needed money. And yeah, I, him I helped money. him out. Like, I did not, like, actually edit any of these papers. I didn't direct this. And, I mean, this even gets into, he has an exchange of uh, letters because this is, I mean, Jefferson is president at the time, like you said. And he actually exchanges some letters with Abigail Adams because he had been friends with the Adams, you know, oh, before yeah. this and everything, before this huge falling out during the election of 1800. And I mean, even Abigail is not buying what Jefferson yeah. is selling. She's like, no, 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 no. Like, she's not buying it. I mean, she has, so they're exchanging letters privately, just the two of them, Abigail and Thomas. And she <laughs> writes, you know, in this letter to Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> Abigail is like, until I read Calendar's seventh letter containing your compliment to him as a writer and your reward of $50, I could not be made to believe that such measures could have been resorted to, to stab the fair fame and upright intentions of one who, to use your language, was acting from an honest conviction in his own mind that he was right. She's just like, yeah, no, no. you, it's, there's a receipt here and everything. <laughs> and I mean, just proving that you did this. She goes on to say that the serpent you cherished and warmed bit the hand that nourished him and gave you sufficient specimens of his talents, his gratitude, his justice, and his truth. When such Vipers are let loose upon society. All distinction between virtue and vice are leveled. All respect for character is lost. So Abigail was basically just like, listen up, asshole. I know what you did to my husband. I ain't forgetting. No. And like, Thomas and you like, left your kids when you fled yeah. Philadelphia too. But do you think Jefferson would be smart enough to realize that this guy's got shit on me? I should not like. I should appease him as much as I can instead of just saying no. Cut him off and say you are. You know, you're on your what own. What was it going to cost him? Two hundred dollars? Yeah. And a job? Exactly. Seriously, I mean, in the long run, I'd be like, all right. Jefferson was oh. like, I'm done with you. You're disposable. You well, served your purpose. I mean, though to be fair, I mean, so Calendar writes these things, but I mean, there's no like lasting damage. Thomas Jefferson. I mean, he plays it cool. He, he does. It. So, like, he doesn't. If there's no equivalent Reynolds pamphlet from this, Jefferson. Yeah. There's nothing of the equivalent of something. that. So, I mean, Calendar. And I mean, you can actually tell because Calendar gets pissed off about how cool Jefferson is playing it. Everybody else 
responds and you don't respond? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody else he's gotten a reaction from. I mean, he attacks the king. He gets seditious behavior. He's <laughs> out. down. Yeah. He's like, peace out. Hunted. He, like, he attacks like Hamilton. He gets the red old pamphlet in retaliation. I mean, so usually there is like an attack back. But Jefferson's just like, definitely not what happened. Calendar's done with I that. published your letters. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Of course, you know, Jefferson's supporters, though. So Jefferson won't attack him back. But like Jefferson's supporters, you know, that's when you start hearing the rumors that like he abandoned his wife in Philadelphia to venereal disease and it's in that one that actually calendar that infuriates him so calendar's like all right well then like let's double down kids like i'm gonna up the ante speak about what it's talking about wives yeah talking about <laughs> yeah, wives yeah. jefferson there, there, and there's so betsy, say, there's say. betsy walker that was that was <laughs> well, your friend's wife yeah so he retaliates with basically so not with betsy he actually retaliates he goes straight for like the bomb and goes like no let's talk about the hemmings how about oh, sally that's right that so, was like, first yeah he goes mm-hmm. with sally that was first the bomb. yeah he's like no no like forget Betsy, like he's Remember, going he right Bridges, for, so he's going yeah, to start he's going off big. Right with Sally <laughs> Yeah, he was nuclear. You know? yes. Before <laughs> nuclear was a thing, there's no slow this build. Was yeah, at all. calendar. Yeah, the calendar Bam. does not go slow. Serious Calendar's just like he's going to napalm everything. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, dusky Sally. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. called her dashing yeah. Sally, so he was he like dusky, dusky Sally. Sally. Yeah, so the this African is in 1802. Venus. So, I mean, to just give you an idea, like 1800, he is Jefferson's like golden boy for attacking the Federalists and the Adams administration. Literally two years later, 1802, there has been a complete reversal. And now Calendar is like publishing publishing the Hemings affair in paper, in a newspaper up against President Thomas Jefferson. Because this is during, you know, his presidency. It was like Monica Lewinsky. This has turned around. People were fucking gossiping and they were like, I mean, people kind of knew it anyway, right? Yeah. But it was the first time it was spoken in the press. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is because I mean, and they they named her in the press. Like, yeah, so he he and does. he was he, like, he, and they've got a kid. Their firstborn was Tom. Yeah, and it's the spitting image of the president. I mean, he didn't even need, like hold back the name. He went right after Sally Hemings, and boom, and like he didn't like try to insinuate who it was. Yeah, no, there was because I mean, there had been earlier. There had been some veiled references that, yeah. like, Thomas Jefferson would have understood yeah. to be veiled attacks about the Sally Hemings yeah. affair. But Calendar is the first guy who's like, nah, nah we're going after. blunt. And he's just like, Sally Hemings. Yeah. And he's, you know, our president has several children. There are not an individual in the neighborhood of Charlottesville who does not believe this story and not a few who know it. And, like, he's just, nope, I'm going to just lay it yeah. all out because, like you said, he's self-destructive, burned the bridges. Yep. He doesn't play it subtle. He's just going to just put it all out this there. This is the most salacious information. <laughs> that I have, I am just going to vomit it yep. all out in the press. Yeah, so he absolutely reports that Thomas Jefferson is having an affair with one of his enslaved individuals, Sally Hemings, and that he has children. So obviously, again, Jefferson does not really respond to any of this. He does not, not directly, but he doesn't not to really, him. He doesn't deny it either. Right, so he doesn't really respond to any of Calendar's attacks, which is, again, the difference. The right? politician in him. He's not. But I mean, we now also know that Calendar, it's funny, for all of Calendar's bombastic and like most of his things are usually true though which is kind of like the ironic part about this so yeah, like 90 like, percent of it yeah so like for all that like everybody <laughs> was like jefferson a, wouldn't a like little yeah. over the finance this dude like 90 like, percent of it oh was... actually he would okay yeah, yeah. and then it's like oh he's having an affair with sally and everybody's like oh maybe and but now we're like oh no he did so that's also true so it's, it's the kind of inconvenient truth yeah so let's ignore it yeah <laughs> we're jeffersonians he, yeah i mean they do sally and thomas have six children together and i mean they're it's something that's known but not talked about at all because it's just one of those things within their society it's a shadow family i guess you know what they would yeah call i mean yeah. sally's sally was an enslaved woman at monticello which was thomas jefferson's home and in virginia for the audience i should know that thomas jefferson was not married at this time right because thomas jefferson's wife 
died. Too. His wife died at childbirth. Yeah. And they were deeply in love from all accounts. He promised her on her deathbed that he wasn't going to remarry. No. Nope. And his father in law, John Wales, he was a slave trader. Mm-hmm. Jefferson owned slaves too. I mean, yeah. in his will, he had about 130 slaves, but owned about 600 individuals over the course of his life. Hmm. And so he, from his father in law, when his father in law died, Basically, his wife had gotten these enslaved peoples, and then when his wife died, he inherited Sally. Yeah. She's not free. That's his slave. Mm-hmm. But his father-in-law, John Wales, had a shadow family with the Hemings, with Sally's mother. And so, so Sally, Sally was, was the sister. Half-sister. Half-sister of Martha. Jefferson's wife. Of his wife, Martha. And so if you put it in perspective, you wind up, when you look at slave records, you usually see first names. And when you see a last name, it denotes a special treatment of them, usually. Hemings would have been the name of the first family that owned them from Africa. And so, but they retained that. So they must have been treated special by John Wales. Therefore, Jefferson's wife, Martha, must have also considered them a little for enslaved people. Right. When they're he says special, slaves. it's yeah. important to understand yeah. that they're still enslaved. They're, they're but it's mean they might have like duties go, within the house yeah. instead of staying out options. in the field. Mm-hmm. They don't have options. You know? Yeah. But Martha, on her deathbed, was supposed to have given Sally, her, her sister, nine years old, you know, but it's her enslaved sister, right? Yeah. Um, some bell. Like, like she had a relationship with her that was better than, I guess, the other enslaved people there that were not the right. Hemings family. This whole thing is so complicated. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of complexities to it because you, in our time now, this is, this is fucking despicable. Shit, right, this is awful. <laughs> and, but in their life, this was, I guess, a better treatment of it when you look at the treatment in at It's something that was common amongst... People that owned other people. Yeah, if you were a slave owner, it was not entirely uncommon that you would have a white master having affairs or sexual relations say, with their enslaved be, people. Yeah. yeah, it's not affairs, I I'm sorry. The, the they would have not, sexual yeah, relations. Not, not a, the affair would be more right, controversial right. than the actual sex part. Yeah, yeah. so they well, would they have, have sex, sex with their enslaved women. Yeah. And according to the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, most of the children of those relationships were sold so that the masters didn't have to look at them because it would drive them, I guess, a little nuts. They would sell them. They would sell them off. And the fact that they were kept was, I guess, a little special treatment more now is there any truth to the matter too that martha jefferson's wife and sally looked them since they're sisters they did look an awful lot alike this spitting image i've seen I've, I've seen it but i've I don't seen know articles sure. well that's there's an, no actual, i would say there's no there's image no portrait, photo, yeah, there's no, of sally there's no portrait of her no the only description of her comes from isaac washington their blacksmith who said she was quote handsome and mighty near white. That's what he said. Yeah. So there's no lasting images of her. There's also no known written accounts. So we don't have anything okay. from Sally herself. There's no. We don't know. know if she could read and write. She was trained in French language when she was in yeah, she um, was with, Paris yeah. with him as a. Their relationship started when she was like fucking 14 or 15. And he was what, like 43. So, I mean, he Paris. brought her to Paris yeah. with she two was, of his daughters from 1787 to 1789. She was Polly. That was 
was his, his daughter that was her, her personal servant. I and I mean, so they ended up having six children or she had at least six children with Thomas and Sally Hemings children were light skinned enough that three of them, her daughter, Harriet and sons, Beverly and Eston lived as members of white societies as adults. So they passed for white as adults, at least three of her children with Thomas Jefferson. So they weren't held. Did Jefferson hold them as slaves or no? Yes, he did. Right. He freed. They were the only ones he freed in his will. Okay. He freed five in his will Two were given. Yeah. Beverly and Harriet were allowed to leave Monticello in 1822. Madison and Eston were released in Jefferson's 1826 will. And to show kind of like that distinction kind of specialness that we were talking about. So Jefferson gave freedom to no other nuclear enslaved family. So like they were the only ones. He did not, however, free Sally herself. Well, the reason I, I thought that that was fucked up and crazy when I read it at first and I read a little bit more into it. When in Virginia, you were freed as a slave, you were to slavery again after one year. So, so you had to get out of Virginia? In order to allow them to allow them to stay in Virginia, what he did was it was sort of like a de facto freedom where they retained their status as slave, but they could live as though they were free. He listed them in his farm book records as runaways. Really? But they knew where they were and they supported them. So in Virginia, if you were freed and you stayed in Virginia, you, you had to leave, back. You, you had, had to, to leave, leave Virginia. Virginia and that when, makes sense though. That does make sense. On their end because if you stayed behind that was a symbol to other slaves that hey it could lead to trouble down the line so I guess that would yeah so he did not officially free her but she was permitted to leave Monticello by his daughter Martha Jefferson Randolph not long after Jefferson's death in 1826 and right. she went to live with her sons Madison and Essen in Charlottesville That's did you say that they found a secret room when they were doing some renovation on their kitchen or on their bathroom at Monticello they found a secret room that was like within the interior of the house had no like windows it was like a secret yeah. chamber attached to jefferson's room really and that's where they believe that she would stay hmm. i mean he had it like yeah, completely secret it. even there so people couldn't see it it had a stove it had like a like something you know yeah place to cook in inside it was big enough for that monticello today their website if you're looking for more information about this they have a lot of information about sally there's such a power dynamic here i mean he could break his promises to her at any yeah. time he yeah promised i mean she was enslaved that, yeah that he i would, mean he promised that he would free her and all of her children he but he could break that at any, mm-hmm. any moment and i mean he kept the promise and he never actually after his wife died he never we don't know any other women that he courted or dated he was free to do as he wanted and he didn't it's but a we big have deal because i mean in paris she was free but at 16 years old sally agrees to return to enslavement at monticello in exchange for extraordinary privileges for herself and freedom for her unborn children and her brother was there and didn't want to yeah. come back either and he yeah. also well, you got negotiated. to paris and you were free who wants to go back to yeah, really. slavery in virginia so if you really think about it, like if she were to have stayed there, what would have happened to her then? She would have been free, but, but how, then what? how could she have earned a living? Maybe that was part of it. His promises, she wanted to believe, and obviously he kept them, but I mean, she could have stayed. They did choose to trust him, her and her brother. Mm. We yeah. don't, she yeah, might we don't have wanted to be a prostitute or something if she would have stayed. And there was a revolution going on at the yeah, same time, too. True. There were factors there, but I don't know. It's, it's complex. If Sally was in this room right now, it would be the only way we would know what she thought if she were to tell us. Yeah. And she's not here 
to hear this from, you know, what was in her heart Mm -hmm. from her own lips. She's left nothing Nothing behind for writing, only oral tales. And there were oral tales that were passed down in the Hemmings family for 200 years. And they were, you know, the oral tales of the Hemmings family that she was promised by Jefferson, those special extraordinary treatment and that all of the children will be freed at age 21. Did she have children with Jefferson before she was in Paris? She got pregnant for the first time. She came home pregnant. So maybe that's why. Right. She did yeah. negotiate for like special privileges okay. for herself and for her unborn children yeah. with Thomas Jefferson. But Because, I mean, Joe's right. If she stayed there, then you're pregnant. You're in a foreign land. Not saying. No not, support system. Yeah. And I'm not saying. Anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, slavery. it's a complicated issue because we don't know exactly what was discussed between the yeah. two of them. What was Sally thinking? I mean, those are unknowns. Like yeah. there's no way to know. And she had no other family other than her brother or was there more? family Over back at Monticello? At Monticello, yes. She did. So there maybe that's other another family continuing... You know, yeah. So, factor. and some of her children, I mean, once they're all adults, they all have traits that okay. they all know. So they're all, I mean, several of them were carpenters. She was a dressmaker. Yeah. And she so was I trained mean, as that in Paris and her brother was trained as a chef while they were in Paris. So they, all of her children end up with <clears throat> trades and everything, but it is interesting because some of them, like I said, went on to pass as whites, as adults. Um, and they look at, if, yeah. if you look at the But pictures. there are a couple of her children that decided to remain in the black community. So some of their children, the ones who pass for whites, they do not talk about their connection to Monticello and Thomas Jefferson. No, they, they do keep that. it quiet because they don't want a scandal. I guess. Yeah, I mean, they keep that quiet. Again, so the ones who are passing do not, do not talk about it. But the ones who are in the black community, they're like, yes, we are yeah. sons of Jefferson. So like I said, it's very complicated. I mean, they're all making some really difficult decisions. Yeah. Of course, Jefferson during the time, like with Calendar, so he's not going to acknowledge this. He's not going to talk about it. It's just something that you don't do in polite society, which of course makes it easy for later on descendants of Thomas Jefferson, at least, you know, his white descendants. No, no, he never did any of this. Like that was absolutely didn't happen. Of course, in like the late nineties. Yeah, they said Randolph, early two thousand. It was Randolph yeah, Jefferson's that kids. Becomes and then Doctor untenable Eugene, once we got DNA evidence being like, nah, Doctor yeah. Eugene so Foster calendar was, was right. The calendar one. was right. Calendar they, was right. They tested was Eston Hemmings' great 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 grandson against like a bunch of different Jeffersons, and they were like, nope guys are all family it's the same they, they did the y yeah. chromosomes i think yeah the y chromosome of the male yeah. line so yeah. dna dna yeah evidence for calendar Fucking gets science, calendar man. right so calendar gets right eventually so this is what's happening 1802 he doesn't get the reaction that he wants from thomas jefferson so this is when he's also suffering kind of attacks by some of jefferson's proxies so james calendar basically ups it again and after writing about the hemmings kind of scandal he goes ahead and then he tries to write about how thomas jefferson was when he was a younger man, had tried to seduce Betsy Walker, who was the wife of one of his neighbors in Virginia, John Walker. So and they were friends too. Yeah. So like he tries to show like his infidelity. That also doesn't get the response because again, Thomas Jefferson's not going to directly respond. He's yeah. not Hamilton in that respect. You're not going to get this bombshell. No, Hamilton know. would have wrote like a thousand page fucking dissertation. But see, you got to remember, <laughs> it's two different. It's kind of like apples and oranges because with Hamilton, you're attacking his right his, his honor. career, yeah, his honor. yeah his career. If it was. Um, just the marriage, I wonder if it was just him cheating, would he have come out, Hamilton meaning, would he have come out and said all that? Probably not, because I mean... He would have probably been like Jefferson a little but bit maybe like not. Jefferson. I mean, it's hard to tell for sure. Yeah. Like, Hamilton might have blew the fuck up, yeah. though. Yeah, so I mean, he Hamilton, cause it might, to, he might have taken snap. it on as like a, a dis- disrespect to his honor yeah. anyway. But like, it was definitely, I mean... He'd have met you in Weehawken at dawn. <laughs> Well, Brittany was saying that earlier about the main difference between Jefferson and Hamilton, that Jefferson was more the politician and Hamilton was more the 
policy guy. So yeah, Jefferson being <laughs> Jefferson a politician knew polished. to keep cool and yeah, he wasn't going to mention. But any Jefferson of this stuff. was raised in this genteel society where he inherits all of this shit, and he's. I mean, people around him would have been talking about the House of Burges and elections and how to present yourself and speak and be polished and say one thing and mean another and and what to say, what not to say, how to say it. And Hamilton doesn't learn any of this and he doesn't give a fuck for any of it as far as I can see either mm-hmm. to even learn it because I he's mean, just he like, does he does try to learn it yeah. or whatever but like he just he had a he's very not, much different upbringing than Jefferson he absolutely does yeah. but he does have his like kind of his triggers if you attack it Hamilton's just he's gonna be real earnest and he's gonna be real honest and that means you're gonna get just like a word vomit of everything that's going to come out and that's just yeah. not Jefferson style on him at yeah. all Jefferson is just like nope gonna deny he's not gonna talk about it he's not gonna write not about gonna it directly engage. exactly I mean to be fair John Adams also does not engage no, directly doesn't. either. I mean, he kind of writes some things he's after Calendar's dead, yeah. but even John Adams is also, I mean, privately, he's like, you yeah. goddamn ass. Like, but he's <laughs> no, like, he'll tell no. his friends, he'll yeah. talk shit and all that. But like, he also does not engage. Wife, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Abigail talks to Jefferson directly yeah. and is like, hey. But, you know, John Adams also does not engage directly. He's not going to do that with Calendar either. 1802, George Hay, like George, Joe, you mentioned this back kind of yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, beats him upside the head with a stick. The guy <laughs> was his lawyer. Stick. Yeah, a former <laughs> defense attorney for uh, Calendar. But These like, are violent days. Yeah, These you are, take a, you you know, a walking stick. We will meet the dawn and, and shoot at each like, other with pistols or I'll just beat you upside the head with a fucking stick. Yeah. Yeah, so he goes after him and you have some other Jefferson supporters who are obviously sending him letters. They're also, the newspaper office gets attacked by young Republicans in like 1803, early 1803. So I mean, he's definitely getting some retaliation, but not directly from Jefferson. It's from friends or mm-hmm. like general supporters. So nothing from Jefferson directly. The newspaper office is attacked, getting beat by a former defense attorney with a cane and everything. Do so you I guys, mean, do you know the most famous caning that has fucked somebody up and yeah. it's in a museum today in Boston? Yeah. Yeah, the one that happens Charles Sumner. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Preston Brooks's Preston cane, Brooks, yeah. the one that he beat Charles Sumner with. In, yeah. What was it, like in 1857? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the lead yeah. up to the, the Civil War. The he other really, one was a... Yeah, yeah he, really went, he went ham up. on that he dude. Really like, <laughs> and he had other people there to make sure that it they, wasn't they interfered with. Yeah, they wrote the like, circle. Yeah. They formed a circle so nobody can get in, get in the middle. That's yeah, they basically did that with Congress and senators. They were violent motherfuckers. They went in... I mean, this is in... He's in the Senate. Yeah, Florida Senate. Yep. And he fucking beats him with an inch of his life. Yeah. He almost fucking died. Sumner's out of commission till like the yeah. Civil War starts, like 1861, yeah. 1860. And people all over the South, they were writing all of these editorials in the newspapers praising him for being they sent him. They sent um, him actually fancy canes. Yeah, like, loads they, of them. Yeah. Hundreds. <laughs> you <laughs> broke your cane. And you of course, another, another cane. And he received hundreds of canes in the mail. And of course, so the South is all like, hell yeah, man, that was great. And of course, the North is like outraged. The North yeah. is like, what? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, this is not how we and do this. Some and some of so, the shit that they were writing in the papers yeah. about it. Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, that's the lead in up the to South? the Civil I mean, it just really highlights yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the and division. And then we were at war I mean, in the yeah. North and the South, like, But there were some later. very yeah. different reactions to that caning. But yeah, Calendar gets beat by a cane by a his defense attorney. A very violent world, even among politicians back then. Crazy, yeah. crazy shit. And I mean, this all leads up to 1803. So just a year after he had turns on Jefferson, James Calendar 
is drunk. He's <laughs> poor. And in eight, July 17th, 1803, that he is found drowned face down in three feet of water by the shore of the James River in Virginia. That's how he died. I mean, it's suspected to be drowning because he's found face down in a river. Floating face yeah. down in the yeah. St. James so, understandably, River. most people think it's drowning. Virginia. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, was. exactly how it happened, that's he unknown. He took a shot of whiskey, yeah. hit his head, and fucking drowned. Must have been the hell of the whiskey, though. But, I mean, like, it's a murder mystery. Well, Who it's also... It? Well, Among the founders. They all fucking hated him. Well, he said it's not quite a Who murder was mystery. It? Was but it? the Federalists, at least, were Adams? at least talking that, like... <laughs> was it... Da, 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 da. Well, Thomas Jefferson? <laughs> There is some debate amongst the... It's like law and order. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is some debate amongst the Federalists because not only, was the he, not only was he found dead <laughs> in the river, which was only three feet deep, but this was during a time when he was supposed to go up to New York City to testify in a court trial against Crosswell. He was supposed to... Harry Crosswell, yeah. because yeah, Harry Crosswell had been basically the state government went ahead and said that he was seditious claims against President Thomas Jefferson and whereas Jefferson was totally cool. Yeah, he reprinted the stuff that Calendar had printed that Jefferson had paid Calendar to publish stuff about Adams and Washington both in a negative light and he reprinted that and Jefferson was using his lawyers to try to as a know. state government because that's the, that's the important thing to know because Jefferson obviously was supporting right, of this. calendar and the others when they were imprisoned under sedition when the federal government accused them of libel and sedition but when a state government did it to Crosswell for talking shit about the president he was like that's cool that's fine state governments can do that so Crosswell was being prosecuted for seditious libel against Thomas Jefferson as president because he had been reprinting and you know what fucking Hamilton calendar. was his lawyer yes Cross was well one of his Hamilton lawyers he had would defend Hamilton. anybody he was like you know fuck man he defended British after the revolution that had like fucking stolen shit from people in New York he defended them fucking also like speaking of that John Adams defended the soldiers for the Boston Massacre and got yeah. them off yep. yeah so Hamilton's one of his lawyers so Hamilton basically was calling Calendar which irony is there was calling Calendar up to New York City to testify where he had gotten those documents which was from Thomas Jefferson himself himself that back when they were friends basically but <laughs> so Hamilton so wanted him to do that well, he could use and, him. <laughs> yeah because Hamilton was actually arguing that in this case that the truth of claims should be admissible evidence for the defense in a libel case like if it's true then like it's not yeah yeah, yeah. so Which I mean breaks with British law yeah yeah so it was They're like of, the truth has nothing no. to do with it <laughs> it was a new take and everything but obviously so one week after this trial starts if it's up true, in New York it's City not libel. Mm-hmm. calendar is found dead so i mean obviously amongst the federalists they were like well that's suspicious (laughs) but you know he's supposed to be a key witness yeah. And July 17th, 1803, he is found mm. floating in the James mm. River. He's not going to be able to testify. Yeah. Hamilton goes on to lose the case, but his argument that the truth, like if, if a claim is truthful, that does in the long run become American law. Yeah, law. Well, according to the, to the Sedition Acts in the United States, even if it was true, you still couldn't burn it. So that was still a Yeah, which is why he loses the case. Yeah, exactly. yeah, he does lose the case. But his idea that- When did they no, get repealed? Do, do you guys know? The it was under Jefferson, but I don't know when. Yeah. I'd have Jefferson to did. It was under Jefferson. Yeah, wow. Yeah, because he- that, that was a big sticking point with Jefferson and Adams that they didn't like. The Alien Sedition Act. Yeah, the, that was like one of his undoings, one of Adams's big undoings. That's yeah, I mean, even today, most historians, yeah. He looked pretty tyrannical yeah. with that. But, well, again, as well, Jefferson printed, had calendar print in papers, and they took out broadsides and pamphlets and stuff like that, that if Adams was elected again, they would go to war with France, which was completely untrue. Yeah. But people believed it. I mean, 
he's one of the reasons for the Electoral College. Hamilton was behind the Electoral College in a big way, getting that passed because he said there's a bunch of drunk fucking people in bars. Yeah. People got their information out yeah. of taverns back then. Mm -hmm. And if we can't read and write and somebody just reads the paper to us in the tavern, that was your sports center. That was yeah. your ESPN mm -hmm. back yeah. then. People would read the newspaper. And like we just said in the earlier part of this episode, all of these political parties had these publications. So mm -hmm. if I'm reading it from one or another political publication and we you know we're all hanging out drinking, that's the yeah. news because mm -hmm. I've read it. Yeah. So they all, I mean, the Alien and Sedition Acts basically either expired once okay. the Republicans took control in 1800 or were repealed during Jefferson's administration okay. like the next two years, except for the Alien Enemies Act, which remained in effect and was amended in 1918 to include women during World War wow. One. It was still on the books. Huh? Sedition Act passed or was repealed or went by the wayside, but the Alien Yeah, because the Alien and Sedition Acts are actually like four laws that were passed. So yeah. like, that's what they're generally called. And they were signed in Philadelphia. Very nice. So James Callender, just kind of 10 years. The rise and fall of James 10 years Callender. in the United States. And he is involved in every major, major. political scandal of the early republic. <laughs> within those 10 years. Goes from anti-federalist to anti-republican. Yeah. And a lot of drinking down 2nd Street. <laughs> Lots of drinking He hung involved. out with the radical yeah. journalists. A lot of writing involved. On Street. Yeah. He's all over the place. Goes from the Philly Indian to King Richmond. Tavern and yeah. The Man Full of Trouble Tavern. All of these. The City Tavern. I was going to say, but I don't know. Possibly. That possibly not. That was more genteel. I was going to say it would be more genteel. <laughs> Listening to Grim, the mature audience, educational, true crime, dark histories, and history podcast for when you want a good fucking story with mature audience scholarship and relevant, impactful topics from around the globe on Twisted Intrigue in the Grim. We are historians Joe Woji, Brittany Smith, and Ted Cisco. We talked today about the scandal monger, James T. Callender, along with Jefferson, Hamilton, Washington, Adams, all of the great best stories of the early American Republic. Join us for future episodes on dark history, true crime, folklore, and just really good stuff. Remember to subscribe, rate, review. If you are into our little podcast, that will help us immensely. Thank you for listening don't forget to keep it beautiful and keep it grim. grim.